Welcome to the PSD Cast with your host, Jason Lumberg at Power Systems Designs. Now, the Hyperloop is a proposed transportation system where pressurized capsules are driven through a tube via linear induction motors. And given that it's a special pet project of the real-life Iron Man himself, Elon Musk, it's, re- it's received a fair bit of attention lately. And if it works, and we're still a long way from crossing all the techni- technical and bureaucratic hurdles, but if it works, it could change transportation as we know it. Musk, always the consummate pitchman, described it as a cross between a Concorde, a railgun, and an air hockey table, and its top speed of 760 miles per hour beats the cruising speed of most commercial airliners. So, of course, any number of safety issues, terrain, or political wrangling could chop down that top speed dramatically, but the potential is there. Now, since 2015, SpaceX has held various Hyperloop pod competitions to, quote, support the development of functional prototypes and encourage innovation by challenging student teams to design and build the best high-speed pod. And in their latest contest this summer, the Technical University of Munich took home their fourth win in a row, and they did so in no small part because of more than 420 chips from Infineon. And on today's show, we've got Matthias from the company on the line, and um, he's here to discuss the, the competition and their partnership with the university. So, Matthias, thanks for joining us. And how did Infineon originally get involved with the competition and with uh, TUM? Who approached who? So, we engaged with TUM since 2016. Um, at the time, the team was called WAR Hyperloop, some of you might remember, where WAR stands for Scientific Workgroup for Rocketry and Spaceflight which is a work group at Technical University of Munich. TUM is one of the best recognized universities in Germany and has recently been awarded with the title University of Excellence again. As in Finian, we are partnering with the TUM beside Hyperloop Corporation in various ways, such as our endowed chair in power electronic systems. And when I'm looking back at the team I led in, in the automotive system group in Munich before moving to Infineon in Korea, We also had many students from TUM working in the team, both as interns and working students, or also writing their thesis or PhD. And I can still remember the the first meeting we had with the TUM Hyperloop team in Hans Adelkofer's office, where the students presented about their project and the ambition they had for the Hyperloop competition. This is something where where we supported then afterwards the Hyperloop team and wanted to contribute um, to the education of these young talents, and we consider it important to get in contact with the engineers of the future very early. That's why it was a pleasure to see their motivation and dedication to the project and how our components could contribute to their success. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I mentioned the 420 chips. Uh, may, maybe you could break it down further. What was the extent of Infineon's contribution? What exactly did the students do at Infineon's El Segundo location near uh, Los Angeles? You're right. Um, there's more than 420 chips built into the pot. The team used eight electric motors to propel the pot to 288 miles per hour, and each of the motors was driven by 36 MOSFETs. For each of three phases of the motors, six MOSFETs were connected in parallel to control the current flow into the motor with the thousands of switching processes per second. This creates the magnetic field that drives the motor. Additionally, three sensors assembled inside the motor delivered information about the rotor position to the motor controller. Summing these chips up, it already counts more than 300 chips. 
So, but to 420, there's still a few missing, uh, which can be found, for example, in the main battery switches. Additional 112 of our ICs and devices, beside MOSFETs, also gate drivers, and a few other components, enabling functionalities like pre-charging or discharging of the botnet have been built into the pod. As you asked about El Segundo, um, that was at the place where our colleagues handed over the last components to the team and gave them access to our lab where they sold out the components into the board. For our colleagues, of course, a great experience to, to support the team for the last steps in pre preparation before the competition started. Okay. Well, I, I understand that uh, TUM's pod prototype was able to reach 463 uh, kilometers or 288 miles per hour. Could you give our uh, our listeners some frame of reference for this? Hmm. It's very hard to get a feeling for such speeds. On the German highway, I'm driving faster than 200 kilometers per hour sometimes, so roughly 130 miles per hour is but that is still far away from the 463 kilometers per hour that the team reached with the pod. And I guess you would agree that the feeling for speed is pretty diverse. If you're driving your car with 130 miles per hour, it feels different than sitting on a train. From what I remember, airplanes lift off around speeds of 200 miles per hour, and the Tom Hyperloop team speed is to be found somewhere between the top speeds reached with a production car and the railroad train, as I learned from an infographic my colleagues posted on social media. To my mind, railroad trains make a good comparison to the Hyperloop vehicles, as both of them um, drive attached to a rail. If you compare it to the TGV from France, for example, by the way, also powered by Infineon power modules, this one reached a record speed of roughly 355 miles per hour and um, this is still only half of the speed envisioned for Hyperloop. So talking about that one again, if the vision comes true one day, traveling to New York from Silicon Valley would be less than four hours. I would be curious to see how fast the Tom Hyperloop pod would be if the track was longer. Hmm. Well, as I mentioned, that the goal of, of the competition is to support the development of functional prototypes and encourage innovation. So what sort of innovations has Infineon seen from their perspective at, at the contest? Obviously, what we see today is still an early stage of the Hyperloop idea. The contest is a wonderful opportunity for the engineering teams to gain first experiences. What are the challenges? What difficulties may occur along the way? And so on. If you look at the first contest in 2017, you will find that the fastest pod reached 94 kilometers per hour only. This year, we saw a pod five times faster. There's been a steep learning curve on the system level. For us at Infineon, the contest is an opportunity to get to know a potential future application, but we are not yet at the point where we would develop dedicated chip solutions. Right, right. Now, I'm, I'm reading that a finished system might not be ready until sometime in the 2030 to 2040 range for, for the Hyperloop. And, you know, some critics say it's impractical or, or what have you. But assuming that it is a viable form of transportation, what's, what's, uh, what would Infineon say the biggest roadblock is to its eventual deployment? Um, yeah, well, tricky question. Maybe it would be better to use the telephone joke and call one of the guys at the Tim Hyperloop team and ask them more details about the challenges they faced in the last competition, 
or they saw at other teams at which, and this is maybe more relevant even, which they foresee for realization. Elon Musk twittered, there should be a next test track with a length of 10 kilometers significantly longer than uh, what we recently saw. And additionally, he mentioned there will be a curve in the test track. So the teams were doing an awesome job for the development of their pods for, for this time. And it's really amazing to see that the TUM team is not only heading for speed, but also for innovation. Like with uh, 2018's levitation pod, or when looking back at this year with a tunnel concept demonstrator they've been building. So to meet the final concept, to reach the envisioned speed, um, I think that has not been found yet. And it might be a levitated concept or railroad or maybe even another innovation. So from, from my perspective, definitely it's worth staying tuned and following the topic. And I can only say I wish the team of Tom Hyperloop that many of their ideas and concepts will be applied in the future, either in a Hyperloop as we see it from today or maybe in any other kind of future mobility, whoever knows. Yeah. Well, that, that makes sense. Well, thanks for all the great information, Matthias. On, on, on behalf of uh, PSD, I want to thank you for your time, and to our audience, thanks for tuning in.